So let me tell you, the people who sing that song originally don't do it as good as they just did it. Amen. That was awesome. Awesome. Um, I have a confession to make before I get started this morning. I'm a little tired. I spent most of the day yesterday partying and most of the night dancing. Amen. And so I'm a little bit tired. I had a party uh, in the afternoon, and we uh, married Charles and Joanne Jenkins yesterday. And last night we had a cotillion. And they don't know that I go to bed at 9 o'clock on Saturday nights because I get up at 4.45. When the alarm went off this morning, 4.45, y'all know what I did? <laughs> Just let it go on. About 5.30 I decided to get up. But it was a... Just a great day, wasn't it, Miss Joanne? A good day, good day, good day. This morning, um, as we uh, enter into this fifth Sunday of Lent, I have a passage of Scripture that I want to read uh, for you today, and you can follow along with me on the screen. It comes from uh, one of my favorite books of the Bible. People say when they get to heaven, they want to meet um, Peter and Paul and Jesus, and I want to meet those guys too, but I want to meet Isaiah first. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's pretty incredible. I, I hope to uh, meet him as one of the first people. So I want to read uh, for you today. Uh, it comes from Isaiah chapter 43, beginning with verse 14, and I want to read 14 verses to verse 28. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a, a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, Israel. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with the demands for incense. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me, or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins, and wearied me with your offenses. I... Even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Your first father sinned. Those I sent to teach you rebelled against me. So I disgraced the dignitaries of your temple. I consigned Jacob to destruction and Israel to scorn. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, uh, we come today, God. Lord, we, we come today in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of, in the midst of trials, in the midst of our own tribulation and even suffering. And God, we ask that you would do a new thing in us. Lord, that you would uh, make a way and change our lives. Lord, that we might move into that new place, into the purpose that you have for us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray together. Amen. Have you ever spent any time in the wilderness? You ever spent any time there? Any of you ever been in any wildernesses in your life? Now, now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about uh, the wilderness that you might uh, experience in the North Georgia mountains or Smoky Mountains. I'm not talking about anywhere out west or any one of our great national parks. I'm not talking about that kind of wilderness. I'm talking about the wilderness that we often experience in our lives. It's when we walk through those seasons of of trouble. It's when we walk through the season of illness and sickness and divorce. Anybody ever walk through any wildernesses in here? Any anybody ever walk through any financial wilderness today? Anybody walking through a financial wilderness today? Anybody ever experienced any wilderness in your life? Man, I know I have. And sometimes when you get into the wilderness, that spiritual wilderness, and you've been there for a long period of time, everything starts to look the same, doesn't it? Everywhere you look, the environment, your situation, everything just kind of looks the same. And if we're not careful, we can stay in the wilderness so long that we just think that's the way that life is supposed to be. That that's what God has for us. Any of you walking through some wilderness today? You ever experienced the, the wilderness of disillusionment? You, you work really hard, try to get you, to make your situation, your marital situation, your financial situation, your life situation better. You work really hard to try to do something better, to make a, a better way. And it seems like the further, just about the time you're about to get there, just about the time that you're about to walk out of the wilderness, it's like the wilderness just kind of sucks you back in. Everybody, you ain't experienced any of those times? What about the wilderness of loneliness? Divorce, spouse dies, something happens, and you feel separated from those you love. And if you're not careful, the wilderness, the darkness of that wilderness can just kind of overshadow you. And because of the brokenness in your own heart and on your, your own life, sometimes we make these claims that we'll never love again. How about the wilderness of isolation? Or maybe the wilderness of addiction. We, we've maybe been there before. And it's hard when you're walking through the wilderness of any kind of addiction just to come to the place where you'll recognize that there is, in fact, a problem. And the further that we go into that wilderness, the darker things get. And one day we wake up and we just go, how in the world did we get here? And better yet, how in the world do we get out? See, on our own accord, we oftentimes choose a path that doesn't lead us out, but in fact leads us deeper in. 
Any of you ever experienced any wilderness time in your life? And I've got some good news for you today. If you've been there or if you're there now and this is it, that God wants to make a way in the wilderness. Let me tell you this. Apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, apart with following Him with your life, we don't get out of the wilderness. We just find ourselves deeper in it. This morning, would you let God, would you be open today to allow God to do a new thing in your life? Anybody want God to do a new thing in their life today? Let's commit today that today is the day in which we're going to make a change. Because, see, here's the deal. God wants to do a new thing in you. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God wants to do, come on now, I'm going to preach for an hour. God wants to do, everybody starts working then. God wants to do a new thing in you. Believe me, God wants to do a new thing in you. God doesn't, God will accept us. He receives us in any way that we are, but he refuses that we remain the same. That God wants us to, to lead us and direct us into a closer walk with him, to do something new in our lives. Will you allow God today to do something new in you? I love those words of Isaiah. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. For see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Isn't that great? That God wants to do a new thing in us. That he is making a way right in the midst of your wilderness and my wilderness. And today I want to give you some keys or some steps that you can take in order that you might begin to walk out of the wilderness. The first thing that I want you to see this morning is that if you're going to walk out of the wilderness, if you're going to move into this new place, if you're going to let God do something new in you, it's going to require you to let go of the past. Are you ready today? It's going to require you to let go of the past. You see, it's important to remember we need to remember because if we don't remember our past, we are bound to repeat it. Amen. And there's some parts of our past that I would just soon not do over, right? Amen. You've been there before. See, it's good to remember. As a matter of fact, that's what Isaiah is calling the people to do when he says this. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses and the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again. What's Isaiah talking about? He's talking about what when God parted the Red Sea. And that when the sea parted, the children of Israel, they crossed across onto dry land. But what happened? When the Egyptians who enslaved them, pursued them, as soon as they got in the water, the water swallowed them up. Never to rise again. You see, it's important to remember our past. It's even important sometimes to relive our past. We just can't live in the past. Amen. I want to show you something. I got the greatest stinking gift this past week. And I want to show it. Y'all are going to love this. In fact, y'all are going to want me to pass it around and let everybody touch it. <laughs> Is that not the greatest thing that y'all ever seen? I just about teared up when I got this. 
The greatest thing about this is that on this side, it's signed by Archie Manning. Come on. Is that awesome or what? See, I, I, I better not sit it there. Um, I showed my dad, took a picture, and I showed my dad that helmet. And uh, he was so excited because in our family, Ole Miss and Archie Manning, I mean, there's like God, and then there's Jesus, and then there's Archie Manning. I mean, it's right, it's right in there. It's real close. And I was beginning to tell dad, and my dad, he starts reliving the past. And he starts telling me all those football stories about how his, the quarterback for the Ware Lions, they won the, uh, the state championship six years in a row. They never lost a game. And he talks about how good he was on the field, whatever. But anyway, and he's, he talks about how if, they, if there hadn't have been, a, if, Red, if Terry Collier, their quarterback, if he hadn't have gotten married, if he had gone on to Ole Miss, then Archie Manning would have started behind Terry Collier. And my dad just begins to tell these stories about all those games against Archie Manning and they're playing in high school and he can relive, I've heard him a thousand times, he can relive those moments. See, it's okay to, to, to remember the past. It's even okay to relive some of our past because there are certain times that we relive that we can even feel those wonderful experiences just, just a little bit, can't we? See, it's good to remember it's good to maybe even relive some of our past, but let me tell you, you can't live in the past. See, if God is going to, if you're going to allow God to do something new in you, it's going to require you to relinquish the grip on the past. You see, some of us sitting in this room today, you know how I know this? Because anytime you get this many people together in a room like this, there's some folks like this sitting here. Matter of fact, all of us at times are like that. You know what it is? Is we have such a grip on our past, on the mistake that we made, on the brokenness that we experienced, on the problems that we even caused ourselves, that we have such a tight grip on our past that it's impossible for us to live into the future. Amen? It's like, imagine if you're driving down uh, I-75 today, and you're driving, and the whole time you're looking through the rearview mirror. I mean, that's a pretty dangerous setup, is it not? Just imagine, you're trying to go forward in your life the whole time you're driving through the using the rearview mirror. See, you, you need to look in the rearview mirror, right? It helps you to adjust course and maybe see what's coming or what's coming up behind you. It's good to help you to evaluate where you're going. But you cannot drive and get anywhere that you're trying to go safely by using the rearview mirror. What do we have to do? We have to look out front. See, it's okay to remember. It's even okay to relive. But you cannot live in the past. You can't stay there see if God's going to do something new in you you've got to let go of the past you think you can do that this morning you think you can do that this morning y'all think y'all can do that this morning you see because it's the number one thing the number one life situation, our number one part of our environment that keeps us living. Don't define yourself by what has been. Define yourself by what is to be. Do you know how many people have made mistakes in this room today? You know how many people have made mistakes? You know how many people have made mistakes in these two sections? Every one of them. Everybody. 
You know how many people have made mistakes over here? All y'all have. We've all made mistakes. Here's the thing. I want to ask you this question. I want you to ponder this all the way to Easter. Was the cross enough? Was Jesus' sacrifice, was his death on the cross, was the blood that he shed, was his death and resurrection enough to cover your mistake, your bad judgment, your problem? Was the cross enough? See, I, I can answer that question for you. It was. It was more than enough. And today you can begin to live in the future. You can begin to walk into God's blessing for your life. All you need to do is call on the name of Jesus. Another thing you have to do, if God's going to do something new in you, you've got to fix your focus on God. You've got to fix your focus on God. You know what we do? Because we like to hold on to the past, we oftentimes, we fix our focus on our problem. All we can see is the mistake we made, the problem we had. Let me tell you that your, your, your feelings and your emotions and even your memory will play tricks on you. Remember what Paul said, don't focus on that which is seen, but that which is unseen because that which is seen is temporary and that which is unseen is eternal that is a wonderful word for you today don't focus on what is seen it's long gone it's past it's in the past it's not in your future behold and look out and see and focus your attention on what God wants to do in you some of you know the name Steffi Graf you remember that name a few years ago, she was the reigning world's tennis champ champion. And one day she was in a, uh, ESPN was doing a little interview with her, and they asked her the question. They said, what is it that keeps you so on top of your game? Why are you so good at what you do? And without hesitation, she said, it's because I have a fixed focus on the tennis ball. She said when she's out there playing, y'all seen that happen, y'all seen them play before. I mean, that ball's smoking across that line. She said that she's so focused on the ball that she can literally read the words on it. She can read the letters that are on the ball, and she knows who made or made that tennis ball because when she's playing, she has such a laser focus that she can see. Can you imagine the very wording on the ball? That is a fixed focus, and she said, that's the reason for her success. There's nothing that happens around her. There's nothing that happens in the crowd. There's no reaction that her opponent can have. There's nothing that can make her lose her attention because when she's in that moment, she has a fixed focus. You want to know what really will get you into God's best and God's purpose and that new thing that God wants to do for you? It's all about developing a discipline of having a fixed focus on God. Here's what you need to do. You need to take your eyes off the problem. Because here's the thing. I know people, some of you are sitting right out here, and I don't know you, but I'm sure this is what's going on. And there are some of you today that you can't move into 
tomorrow or into the future because you're always focused on that thing in your past. You're always focused on the problem. You're always focused on the mistakes or the mistakes or whatever it is. And let me tell you, when you focus on your problem, you will become your problem. I laugh at my younger brother. Some of you in here know Pat. Pat said a long time ago, he said, I am not going to be like our dad. I'm not going to be it. And today, my brother is just like my daddy. You know why? Here's a spiritual principle. I didn't put it in your notes, but you can write it down. You will always become what you behold. You will always become what you behold. Whatever that is, if it's something great, if you aspire to the new thing and that becomes the focus of your life, you will gravitate, you will become what you behold. On the flip side, if your life is governed by something negative, if your life is defined by a problem or mistake and your focus is always on that problem or mistake, you too will become what you behold. If you're going to get to the new place, into the new thing, you've got to refocus. See, I have uh, been made fun of several times in the last few months about my, I tell everybody, it's my stomach poked out. I tell everybody that it's not overweight, it's just bad posture, and so I'm starting to walk different. But one of the things I've done recently is I pulled out my mountain bike and kind of got it working again and I started riding this week and one of the things I used to ride a lot um, a few years back and so I'm trying to maybe get back into that shape again but one of the things that you learn when you're mountain biking especially if you're on one of those trails up in the North Georgia mountains is some of the places are tight sometimes you have to make your bike go through some trees that are really close together or sometimes there's this big oak tree or a pile of rocks or a stump or something right in the middle of the road and the first law of mountain biking is never focus on the obstacle in front of you do you know why because when you're trucking down a trail at a really fast pace if you focus on the tree that's exactly where you're going See, you have to, I've learned that the hard way. When, you, when you're riding a mountain bike, when you're traveling down the path of life, and when things are going really fast, you've got to keep a fixed focus on the trail in front of you. See, what, what's, what are you focused on today? Maybe, maybe take some time. Maybe um, men and women, maybe you might try to do this. But ask your spouse or ask your, one of your best friends or somebody that knows you really well and ask them, what is it that I'm focused on? See, I think that many of us would be shocked at what we might hear. Don't let your past define you. Don't let the mistakes of yesterday define your future. Allow God, let God do a new thing in you relinquish control of the past let go of it focus on God and here's the third thing the final thing that I want you to see today if you are going to walk into the new thing that God has for you you just got to take a step just one step but see God he's not going to tell you step four step five step ten step twenty until you take step one you see I don't know what your next step is this morning, but I do know this, you got a step to take. I don't know what direction you need to step this morning, 
But I do know this, you have a step and a direction to go. So here's the deal. Quit asking God what it is that he wants you to do. Because you know what God is saying? Why don't you do that thing that I've already told you to do? Amen? Because we know what that step is, don't we? Come on. Amen. We know what the step is. I, I guarantee you right now, some of you as I'm talking, Holy Spirit's at work in this room, and these little movies are playing in your head. And you're beginning to think about your situation. You're beginning to think about that past problem. You're beginning to think about what you need to do tomorrow. That step of faith, not even tomorrow, that step of faith that you need to take today. And so here's the question. Will you allow God to do something new in you? That's why Isaiah said it. Don't you see it? Can't you imagine? It's sprouting up right in front of you. It springs forth right now. I'm making a way in the wasteland and in the wilderness. And maybe your uh, translation says desert. I'm making a way. Do you not perceive it? See what keeps us from moving into that place that God wants us to go? It's not the person you're holding on to this morning. It's not the person sitting beside you today. It's not the job that you don't like, the circumstance that you wish that you could change. None of those things are stopping God from doing a new thing in you. You know who's stopping God? That person you see in the mirror every morning. See, will you allow God to do a new thing in you? God has a purpose for your life in every season that you are in. Let me say that again, because I should have got more than one and amen on that. God has a purpose in your life no matter what season you are in. Hey, understand that this morning. See, a few minutes ago, I asked you this question. I said, how many of you would let God do something new in you? And most everybody in here started doing this. God does the work. God makes the change. God changes our direction, and he provides the opportunity. But it's up to you. Will you allow God to do something new in you? Let go of the past. And when you pick it back up, let it go again. And a week later when you pick it back up, let it go again. And, and after you've done that, uh, keep your focus on God. Let me tell you, apart from Jesus Christ, when Isaiah said, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. He was talking about something that we have already experienced. Jesus has died. Christ is risen. Christ has died. And Christ has rose again. And because of that power, we too have the power to change. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are thankful today, Lord, that you stand before us.
And Lord, you invite us. You stand at the door and knock. You invite us to open the door, to enter into the new, to do a new thing in us. And God, today, I, I pray that we could grasp it. It has nothing to do with head knowledge, but it's everything about the heart knowledge of a Savior. Oh, Lord, help us to forgive and to forget. Help us to forgive and to forget. Help us to forgive ourselves. Lord, help us to quit focusing on the problems of our lives and focus on the King of Kings. And Lord, today, give us the courage to take a single step of faith. Let it be so in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This morning,